Now this morning, we are going to continue on in our sermon series called Say Something. Say Something. Here at Mission Point, our mission is to show and share the love of Jesus. And when we say show, we mean to put the love of Jesus on display through our actions, through our generosity, with how we, we treat people. And when we say share, we mean to tell people about the love of Jesus. And, and this series, we're focusing on that second part, sharing the love of Jesus. And, and as we do that this morning, we're going to look at a story that Jesus told in Luke chapter 8. So if you have a Bible, please open up there to Luke chapter 8. The verses will also be up on the screen. And if you don't have a Bible, we would love to give you one. We'd love to give you a copy of the Bible. Once again, stop by the connection corner on your way out and we would be happy to give you one because we believe that there is power in the words of God, which is something we will be talking about even this morning. So Luke chapter eight, here Jesus tells a story, a story called a parable. And Jesus taught through parables pretty frequently. Now, this parable is known as the parable of the, of the sower. And so we pick it up in Luke chapter 8, verse 4. It says this, Well, a large crowd was gathered, and people were coming to Jesus from town after town. He told this parable. A sower went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than it was sown. When he said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Now, if that's all I heard, I think I'd be left scratching my head and going, huh? Because there's really not much there that makes sense. I mean, it makes sense in, this, in, in, in that if you throw seeds on these different types of soil, that's what's going to happen. But what doesn't make sense is why Jesus is saying this. Why is he telling the story? What's, what point is he trying to make? And, and clearly, there's something he wanted people to get because he says that if you have the ears to hear it, listen up. Pay attention. But... The disciples didn't get it. They didn't get it. But thankfully, they did the smart thing and asked Jesus to explain it to them. Before Jesus does so, though, he, he takes a little bit to talk about why he teaches in parables. Verses 9 and 10. Jesus said this. Or, sorry. Verses 9 and 10 say this. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God have been given to you. But to others I speak in parables, so that though seeing, they may not see. Though hearing, they may not understand. That last part is a quote from the prophet Isaiah. In the book of Isaiah, God asks if there's anyone who would take his message to the people. Isaiah volunteers. He says, send me. And God says, great. By the way, they're not going to listen to you. Not exactly what you want to hear, but Jesus is experiencing the same thing here as Isaiah. He's come declaring this message from God, but it's falling on deaf ears. They hear him, but they aren't listening. Then Jesus explains this parable to the disciples, verse 11. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts. 
so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with, noble and good, with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. Jesus here begins by explaining what this seed represents. It's the word of God. It's the message of God. It's the good news that God is restoring this broken world to wholeness. And his biggest reclamation project in all of that is us. He offers us salvation and forgiveness in Jesus. So the seed, the seed is the message of Romans 5, 8, which says God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus, the son of God, came to earth and lived a sinless life. Then he offered himself up on the cross in place of sinners like you and me. And now he offers offers us his goodness, his perfection in exchange for our sin and our brokenness. And in that, we're brought back into a good relationship with God. Then after that, after Jesus died on the cross to pay for our sins, he was buried and rose again on the third day, proving that he had defeated sin and death once and for all. The resurrection proved that Jesus' death on the cross was powerful and effective, and he is the king of all. That is what the word of God is. That is the message of Jesus. It's the good news of the gospel. That's what this seed is that the sower is spreading. That is the message that falls on the ears of four different groups of people, or in this parable, four different kinds of soil. The soil describes us. It describes our hearts. It describes you and me and how we respond how we are responding to the word of God. The first soil we find is the path. Now, any strip of dirt that has been walked on enough to be called a path is going to be super hard. No seed is going to be able to penetrate the surface that's been pounded down by so many feet to where it's basically stone. Jesus describes then what happens Here in Luke 8, 12, he says, those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes the word away from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. This, This in part is what Jesus was talking about in that quote from Isaiah. People hearing but not understanding. The seed that falls on hard ground. The message reaches the ears of the people. But they don't believe it or embrace it. And unless somebody embraces the word of God, unless the message of hope in Jesus penetrates their hearts and puts down roots, they can't be saved. They can't be saved. And that's what the devil wants to see. So any chance he gets, he swoops in like a bird to steal it away, to steal away these seeds. He wants us to walk right past the message of Jesus without giving it a second thought, to trample on it, essentially, as it lays on the path. And then we come to the rocky soil. Now, this is not like rocks mixed in with soil. 
It's actually something that was pretty common in this, in this part of the world where there's bedrock that's covered by a thin layer of dirt. So it looks from the surface like great ground to plant crops in until you dig in a little bit and realize that there's nowhere for the roots to go. Now, this person has a totally different response than the past people. They receive the word with joy, as Jesus says. And their faith looks great at first. There's legitimate and quick growth. The plant comes up out of the ground and it looks good, but it doesn't last. It doesn't last because their faith is only surface level. The roots don't go down deep. So when their faith is tested, when life gets hard, when somebody challenges their faith, their commitment to God and his word and his message withers and dies. You see, deep roots give us courage and strength to persevere. But plants in the rocky soil don't have deep roots. And that brings us to the thorny soil. And like the rocky soil, the thorny ground looks good at first. But it also doesn't last. They receive the word of God. They, they, they take it into their hearts. But over time, the worries of life, the desire for comfort, pleasure, a raise, a promotion, a bigger house giving my kids every possible opportunity, running them everywhere, taking nice vacations, whatever it is, those things slowly but surely grow up with this faith and crowd it out to where it withers and doesn't mature. Now there's no big event or major moment that kills the plant here. There's no cataclysmic thing that, that destroys it. It's just a slow, gradual process of letting other things take priority until commitment to Jesus is choked out. Last but not least, Jesus describes the good soil in verse 15. He says, but the seed on, the, on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. Now there is a progression here. A progression that's important for us to pay attention to. First, they hear the word. They hear the word. Now that's what the only thing that these four soils all have in common. They all hear the word. Someone shares the word of God with them. The seed doesn't spontaneously show up anywhere. It doesn't magically appear. They hear it from someone. The next after hearing, they receive the word. They accept it. They grab onto it. It gets into them. The word puts down roots deep in their hearts and grabs on. This message of God gets a hold of them. So first they hear the word and then they receive the word and next they persevere. Because life isn't always easy. It's not always fun. Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes there are, there are things in our lives we have to let go to or say no to that we don't want to give up. But the word of God leads us in that direction. And so we do. They persevere in the word of God. And those deep roots hold on to them. And they hold on to those roots in spite of it being really hard sometimes. And this is where the good soil diverges from the rocky and thorny soil. Because there is notable, obvious, measurable, so easy to see. A toddler can see that there's a plant growing type of spiritual growth in the rocky and thorny soil. It's there. It's growing.
But the plant in the good soil was able to persevere while the ones with shallow roots and the ones competing with thorns couldn't. So the good soil hears the word, they receive the word, they persevere. And all of that leads to a payoff. It leads to the production of a crop. A huge crop, a hundred times what was sown. There is good that comes when we hear and receive and persevere in the word of God, holding on to the message and the hope of the gospel. Now, hearing all of that, it can make us wonder what kind of soil we are. And we can think about our past, we can think about our mistakes, we can think about who we are now and the things that we struggle with, and we can get discouraged. We can get discouraged as we, as we remember the ways that we've failed but there's good news here. And the good news is that you're not stuck as whatever kind of soil you are. Why? Because you're not dirt. You're human. And God does his work in human hearts. So we aren't stuck as what we have been. And the Bible is full of people who were clearly one of the bad kinds of soil. Until something happened. Until God did his work in them. Until they decided to make a change in their lives. And the results, the results are encouraging and amazing. Let's talk about the path. Someone who had a hard heart. Let's talk about Paul. After Jesus died and rose again and then went back up into heaven, the message of Jesus spread like wildfire. Thousands and thousands of people were hearing about the death and resurrection of Jesus and putting their trust in him and getting saved. And Paul is a man who absolutely hated that. He hated it so much. His heart was so hardened against it that he actively was trying to stamp it out by hunting down people who were talking about Jesus and throwing them in prison, having them beaten, and even having them killed. But... But one day when Paul was literally on the road to go hunt down Christians, God dramatically transformed him. And he began to preach the gospel of Jesus everywhere he went. The message he was trying to stamp out, he was now proclaiming. For the rest of his life, he traveled all over the place, sharing the love of Jesus and starting churches, planting churches. And not just that. He ended up writing almost half of the books in the New Testament. Half of the New Testament. Paul, a man whose heart was so hardened against the word of God, ended up writing a big chunk of the word of God. You see what God does? So if you have a hard heart towards the message of Jesus, if you have had a hard heart towards the message of Jesus, it is not too late. It wasn't too late for Paul and it's not too late for you. Receive this message of hope and put your trust in Jesus. Receive this message of hope and put your trust in Jesus. But what about the rocky soil? Well, for that, let's look at none other than Jesus' own disciples. 
All right, they followed Jesus for years. They heard him teach. They saw him heal people. They saw him walk on water. They saw him raise people from the dead. They saw him control nature. They regularly saw incredible displays of power from him. But when Jesus got arrested, they ran. They deserted him. Things got hard and they bailed. Now, Jesus had warned them multiple times that he was going to be arrested and executed. He told them it shouldn't have come as a surprise. He also told them that he would rise again from the dead. But when that trouble that he told them about came, when the hardship arrived, they didn't hold on to what Jesus had said. Their faith was tested and it withered. Just like the plant that grew up in the rocky soil. But. But after Jesus rose from the dead. He pursued them. He went to them. He told them hey come find me here. Come to me. Come back to me. And then he sent them all out. To share his message with the world. And they all spent the rest of their lives. Sharing the love of of Jesus and they were bold trouble came against them again and again and they didn't blink in fact all but one of them were killed for sharing about Jesus and the one that wasn't it wasn't for lack of trying they tried to kill him a couple of times it just didn't stick so the disciples these men who ran off and hid when trouble came ended up giving their lives to spread this message of Jesus. So if you have been like the rocky soil, if you've bailed at times when it's gotten hard, when there's something that that is unpopular in, 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 in what God is calling us to do or believe, if you fail time and time again when challenges come, when life gets hard, it is not too late. Jesus is not done with you. Jesus pursues people like you. And then he uses them in incredible ways in his kingdom. So don't give up because Jesus hasn't given up on you. So that's the path. That's the rocky soil. But what about the thorns? Well, let's talk about somebody who got tripped up by the thorns. This guy has come to be known as the prodigal son. You know, Jesus told another story, a different time, about a young man who told his very much alive dad, I want my inheritance now. Essentially saying, you know, I wish you were dead so that I could have your money. So can we just get the you dying part and just give me the money now so we can do what I want? And the dad did. The dad gave him the riches he was set to inherit and the son just took off. He went out and he partied hard. He pursued every pleasure in life until the money ran out and he crashed hard. He was friendless, homeless, hungry, and disgraced. So one day he made a decision to head home, to beg his dad for forgiveness and ask if he could at least be a servant in his dad's household because there he would at least have a roof over his head and food to eat. And here's what the Bible says. 
While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The father came running for him and gave him a bear hug, so happy to have his son home. This son was lured away by the empty promises of wealth and pleasure. He was tripped up by these thorns, but then he was welcomed back by his ever-loving father. Jesus told this story to show how God responds to us when we humbly return to him. And maybe that's you right now. Maybe you have been like that thorny soil. Maybe you've started off growing in your relationship with God, but over time have gotten distracted. You've wandered away from him as other things have come up in your life, other worries, other pursuits. And you've gone after those other things. Pleasure, possessions, popularity, fun, comfort, security. And in doing so, you've left God behind. It's not too late for you either. God isn't done with you. He is waiting for you to return. He's waiting for you to come home. And when you do, he will run out to meet you. And he will receive you with open arms. Overjoyed that you have come home. That you have come home. The Bible is full of these kinds of stories. Stories of hard hearts being softened, of people who stumble during hard times being restored, and the wayward returning home to a loving father. And those stories that are repeated throughout the Bible are also repeated in this room. Stories of how God has changed our lives, how he's changed our hearts, how he's welcomed us back with joy. And those are the stories that we get to share with others. The story of God's unending love and grace for sinners like us. Because here's the thing about the parable of the sower. There's more than just dirt and seeds in the story. When we embrace the grace of God, we also receive the responsibility to be a sower. And this is something that I, at least for one, need to continue to grow in. I mean, think back to that good soil for a second. Do you remember the progression there? What was the first step? What was the first step? It was hearing, right? They had to hear first. We had to hear first. It took somebody saying something to us. And that's exactly what Paul wrote in Romans chapter 10. He said, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them, unless somebody says something? And how can anyone, or how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? This is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. That good soil from the parable, it's not good on its own. It can't produce a crop by itself. Without seeds being planted, it's just a patch of dirt. But when a seed is sown, when they hear the good news of Jesus, that is when things begin to change. New life comes. Death loses its sting. Sin is forgiven. There is freedom for the captive and sight for the blind. Love is experienced. Hope is restored. And God is saying, come on, people. Let's get in on this. I want you to get in on this with me. Make no mistake, God could do this all by himself. 
But that's not how he wants to do it. He wants us to get in on the joy of sharing this good news with the world and seeing people saved and lives transformed. Not because he told us to, but because we find joy in the fact that he's invited us in to share this unbelievable message. I think of of us celebrating Easter in just a couple of weeks. And that first Easter morning, Jesus, Jesus was crucified. He was killed. He was executed on Friday. And Sunday morning, some women were going to go to the tomb to care for Jesus' broken and dead body. But when they got there, the tomb was empty. The stone was rolled away. And an angel told them that Jesus had been raised from the dead. He was raised from the dead. And then the angel says this. says, go and tell the disciples. Go and tell the disciples. Go and tell Jesus' other followers. And how did they respond? Matthew 28, 8. They ran. They ran to go and tell them. They ran to deliver this message that the tomb was empty and Jesus was alive. This wasn't because they were like, oh, angel told me. I guess I should probably do it because, you know, it's an angel. No, Matthew 28 says something else as well. It says that they were filled with joy. They were filled with joy. The tomb was empty. Death was defeated. The the grave couldn't hold him and Jesus was alive. That message changes everything. Everything is different now and they knew it and they were so excited about it. They couldn't wait to share that message with others. This is the glorious and powerful life-changing message that we get to deliver with joy. God invites us in to do this with joy. So let's go. Let's go sow these seeds. We've been given this incredible privilege and responsibility to join God in doing this. And as we commit to fulfilling this call to share the love of Jesus, there are a few other things from this parable that I think will help us. I think these things will help us. First of all, we need to know our role. Know your role. Wait a second, Kyle. I thought we already established the role. It's to be a sower, to go tell people about Jesus. Yes, that is right. Then why are we talking about this? We already know what our role is. That's a good question. Thank you for asking. You know, I think sometimes we get discouraged in sharing about Jesus because we think our role is bigger than it really is. Let me give an example. I have four kids, three boys and one girl, and they love playing outside when the weather is nice. So let's say one day I'm in the kitchen cooking dinner and they're all outside in the yard having fun, you know, running around, climbing stuff, throwing stuff, getting dirty. So while I'm putting the finishing touches on dinner, Eden, my daughter, comes inside to get a drink. So as she's getting some water, I say, hey, dinner's about done. Tell your brothers it's time to come in and get ready. So she puts down her cup on the counter, steps out on the back porch and yells, brothers, it's time to come in for dinner. And they yell back, okay. So Eden comes back inside to wash her hands. Five minutes later, dinner is on the table and the boys are still outside. Now, here's the question. 
did Eden succeed? A hundred percent, yes. A hundred percent, yes. The boys didn't listen. They're still out there with dirty hands, but Eden succeeded because she fulfilled the role that I gave to her. She fulfilled the role to go and tell. And since she did that, since she delivered the message, she succeeded. Now how her brothers respond to that message then doesn't factor in to whether or not she was successful. Similarly, our responsibility as sowers is to go and tell, to share the love of Jesus, full stop. How people respond is a different thing. That's something that goes beyond the role that God has given to us. And that's how we need to measure success. Are we faithful to fulfill the role that God has given us to sow? Yes, it would be awesome. It would be amazing if everyone who heard about Jesus put their trust in him and followed him for the rest of their lives. But that doesn't happen. That didn't even happen for Jesus. Think about it. People came to him with hard hearts and they left with harder hearts. People came to him, they followed for a while and then things got hard and they, and they bailed. Even one of Jesus' own disciples, Judas, he was like the thorny soil. He followed Jesus and then the love of money came and, and he betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver for riches. This doesn't mean Jesus was a failure. What it means is that we need to define success as us sharing the love of God with people, sharing this incredible message, not how people respond when we share the love of God with them. Paul wrote about this in 1 Corinthians 3. He was writing about himself and another man named Apollos who also went around telling people about Jesus. And 1 Corinthians 3, 6-8 says this. I, Paul, planted the seed. Apollos watered it. But God gave the growth. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. Paul and Apollos had their purpose. They had their roles to play and it was to plant and water seeds. And that's how God measured success for them. Look at the verse. God didn't reward them according to how much growth there was. God rewarded them according to their labor, to the work that they did. God rewarded them for fulfilling the role that he gave to them. Now this verse also highlights something else that's important. And that's that God is playing an active role too. And it's a role that only he can play. God is the one making the seeds grow. He's the one bringing new life. God is the one who is changing people's hearts. Not us. And that should give us confidence and hope when we share Jesus with people. Because if social media has taught us anything over the years, it's that we are really bad at changing people's minds. We're terrible at it. So if that was up to me, if that was up to us, it'd be a train wreck. But it's not up to me. It's not, up to, it's not my role. That's God's role. It's up to him and he can change anyone's heart. He changed Paul's heart. He changed his disciples' heart. He changed the prodigal son's heart. He changes hearts. That's what God does. And so we go out fulfilling our role, 
sowing these seeds of the gospel, trusting and believing that God is at work as well. So we need to know our role and define success accordingly and trust that God is with us and at work too. So that's the first thing. The second thing is to sow a bunch. Sow a bunch. If you notice the the, the sower in this parable, he isn't terribly worried about wasting the seeds. He's pretty careless, actually. He's just out there throwing them all over the place, throwing them everywhere. Good ground, whatever. Bad ground, there's a path, all right. Let's put some over there. Among the thorns, whatever, just throw it. And he just keeps going. He just keeps throwing handfuls of seeds all over the place. Wherever they land, they land. And he does that when he can see the ground. He can see where the good ground is. Meanwhile, for us, like we can't see what somebody's heart is like. We don't know if it's good ground or bad ground or, or, or a path or, or more rocky. And yet we can be so conservative with how many seeds we sow. We're so cautious about throwing even a, even a single seed. And this is, where, this is where I personally feel like I really need to grow because I've realized that my default thinking is often, you know what, if I feel like the Holy Spirit is prompting me to say something, I will. Meaning I stay quiet unless there's a clear opportunity and nudge from the Holy Spirit to say something. But isn't that backwards? What's clear from the Bible is that my role is to say something. My default should be to say something. Our default should be to speak up unless the Spirit's like, uh-uh, not now. Hold the seed. If he prompts us to keep our mouth shut, we keep our mouth shut. But other than that, we have a green light. We have the green light from scripture. I mean, think about the sower in the parable. He gets hired to sow, to sow seeds, right? He's given a bag of seeds and he's sent out into the field. How do you think the boss would respond if he sits there and waits for the boss to come and tell him where to put every single seed? Look, God has given us a role. He's given us a message and he sent us out into the field to sow seeds. So let's get sowing. Sowing bunches of them. We're not going to run out. Our default needs to be to share the love of Jesus because the only seeds wasted are the ones left in our bag. This glorious message of hope in Jesus, of joy, of, of salvation, of forgiveness. Sow those seeds. Don't waste them by holding them back. But as we sow, some of those seeds will seem to be wasted. But they aren't. Because here's the third thing. Seeds can be slow to grow. I was talking with someone in our Mission Point family a few weeks ago. And you know what? We'll call him Joe. All right? Real person, real story, fake name. Anyway, Joe asked me if I'd be praying for one of his former coworkers. We'll call this coworker Daniel. Well, Joe worked with Daniel at a company here in the area until Daniel moved out of state about a year ago. And Joe hadn't really heard much from him since. Almost a year with no real contact until about a month ago when Daniel reached out 
You see, he had been diagnosed with some serious medical issues, some potentially life-threatening medical issues, and understandably, it shook him up. So he called Joe, this person within our Mission Point family, and he said, I I need to talk to someone about God. And you're really the only Christian I know. Can we talk? Joe had had planted seed after seed after seed in the time they worked together. And all of those seeds, man, they were doing nothing. They just sat there. Close to a year doing nothing. Until they did something. Until God did something. It seemed like they were wasted until they weren't. And God does that sometimes. The devil might steal a lot of those seeds away. But others might sit there in the back of someone's mind for weeks, for months, for years, for decades. Until God says, now is the right time. And begins to sprout and put down roots in someone's heart. It can be discouraging at times because it feels like we're doing our part. It feels like we're out there fulfilling our role, but God isn't doing his part. It can feel that way. You know, we sow and we sow and we sow, but nothing, no growth. But don't give up because, man, sometimes God lets those seeds sit there for a while before he makes them grow. One last thing from this parable that I think can really help us as we consider our role as sowers is that seeds are small. Seeds are small. I asked Joe this week, hey, what was the longest conversation you had with Daniel about God while you guys were working together? What was the longest conversation? Joe said, we had fairly frequent conversations, but most of them were really short, just a minute here or there. Just a minute here or there. Just a few minutes here or there. Little conversations. There was no four-hour late-night discussions. No hour-long lectures about how Jesus fulfilled all the sacrificial laws laid out in Leviticus. You don't have to know all that stuff to share about Jesus. And you definitely don't have to say all that stuff when you share about Jesus. Most of the time, we don't have to say much at all. So even if you don't feel like you know much, you can still get in on this joy of sharing the love of Jesus. Because we are sowing seeds, we are not transplanting trees. We don't have to deliver everything all at once. It's little things here and there. And over time, those seeds, as the roots go down and it grows, it will get bigger and bigger. But at first, it's small. And to start following Jesus, we don't need a book's worth of answers. We just need 10 words. Romans 10, 9 says this. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. Jesus is Lord, and God raised him from the dead. That is 10 words that if they take root in your heart, you will be saved. 10 words, seeds are small. If we sow those 10 words and they take root, people will be saved. 
We don't have to have all the answers. We just need to point them to Jesus. Jesus, the crucified, risen Lord. Hey, how about that? I got down to five words for us. Jesus, the crucified, risen Lord. We don't have to know a lot. And most of the time, we don't have to say a lot. Sowing a seed is just pointing to Jesus. So what are some of the small ways that we can share the love of Jesus with those around us? I mean, tomorrow, going back to work, going back to school, you can sow seeds in the small talk that happens. I mean, simply saying, hey, I'll be praying about that for you. It sows a seed because it points to the truth that God is real and that he cares about us and that he is powerful enough to do something. Or tomorrow when you get asked, hey, how was your weekend? You know, we could say, you know, pretty good, lazy Saturday, did some stuff around the house, watched Princeton and FDU absolutely destroy my March Madness bracket. How about you? Or, we could say something like, oh, my weekend was pretty good. Lazy Saturday, watching basketball. Went to church yesterday, still thinking about part of the sermon, how God keeps loving us even though we screw up. How about you? How was your weekend? Little seeds, little seeds, little seeds. Keep sowing them. Point to Jesus. Share about his love. Keep sowing those little seeds. And trust that God will make some of them grow. Because God says, the word will not return void. It won't be empty. It will accomplish what I've set out for it to. As followers of Jesus, we have an incredible message to share. Jesus, the crucified, risen Lord. It doesn't have to be complicated. We don't have to have all the answers. We just need to be willing to tell people about the wonderful Savior who came for us. We just need to be willing to tell people about the loving God who is eager to welcome us home. We just need to be willing to talk about the joy, the hope, the grace that we have in Jesus. We need to be willing to say something. And then we get to watch as God begins to save people and transform lives. So God, I pray that you, that you would remind us again of how amazing this message is, that you are making all things new, that you sent your son into the world to seek and save the lost, that he came while we were still sinners to die for us, for us. God, may that message start to burn in our hearts like fire that we can't contain, that we have to share. So God, be with us and give us boldness as we sow and we sow a bunch and we keep sowing and we trust you. That you will bring about growth and that one day there will be a massive harvest. God, we thank you for that you did that work in us, that, that, that the seed that came to us took root. God, may we persevere. And, we, and we, may we 
fulfill our role to go and sow. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.